Thank you for tuning in to Healing Race. In this video, Andre and I discuss whether there is a pervasive need, a kind of shared psychology among white Americans for black Americans to stay in their place and occupy lesser roles in society. With whites having controlled power throughout the course of US history, have they made and do they continue to make deliberate choices to sustain racial inequities? Or white reactions to black Americans defying black stereotypes, a sign that they resist black advancement or just a product of what they've been socialized to expect of black people. Let's get to that conversation, enjoy. brought here, not only were we brought here to work, but it clicked to me, we were also brought here to occupy a role. So being that this country was founded by British people, English people, who were already living in a very rigid caste system themselves with the aristocracy, etc. And I know a lot about that now after studying history, English history on my own. There was really none of that existing here, even though it was a part of their psychological makeup. So by virtue of having slaves, it was natural that we would occupy that lesser role. And that has served as, you know, one of the rungs in a caste system for, you know, now centuries, right? And that's kind of what I mean is that when I talk about the right to a life, I'm also interpreting that as, as a no, you remain in your role. You remain, you remain in your cast, you know, you, and when you see things to the contrary, to people who seem like they're not a part of that cast, then it challenges a worldview of white people. I've had white people, I've had people who are not black tell me that this, I don't think, I don't consider you black. And I didn't become offended because one of my good friends say, always question people. So don't just jump and react and say, okay, don't get, don't get offended. Ask. And I said, so what do you mean by that? And so first of all, that takes a lot of psychological restraint not to sort of jump to a place of anger. But I'm like, oh, so what, what do you mean by that? And they told me, they said, and from what I gleaned is there is an image of what a black person and now since we have social media meme, what a, you know, the meme of a black person and what they are and what they stand for, whatever. And, and what a person in who is a part of a caste where black people are supposed to occupy should present in life. And those people were saying for whatever reason and their own observation of me, and keep it in mind, these are also people who've known me for years. Um, I don't fit that build, don't fit that mold. And so they saw me not as white. I'm not trying to sit here and give myself an equivalence to a white person, but saw me as something other than, uh, other than a member of that caste by virtue of being of African American slash black heritage. So, um, and, and that all to me, that's why I kind of double down on the language feeds into this, there is this idea, there is this role, there is this place that Black people not only were not as servants, but 
are supposed to occupy. And individual Blacks can do well. Individual African-American people can ascend to astounding heights. But as a collective, there feels to me in this country a need for people, for the rest of us, or to for the majority rather, to remain in that caste, to remain in that place. And it allows the people who are of the higher perceived caste to, like I said, have access and right to their life. Because when you have just very much like an aristocracy, when you have one caste of people creating the playbook for how another caste of people get to live and manifest and present in this world, that's power. And all I'm saying is that the white people, like I told you before, I said they've been in charge from the day they landed on this country till today. And that is not happenstance. That's not look, that's not being better in life. That's called, that, in my opinion, that's deliberate. And it's, it's, it's deliberate from the perspective of having values and, 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 and how do I say, not connection, but in, ensuring, that, ensuring that enough of the other people are in the lower caste or in a different caste and that your caste maintains the grip on influence and power and whatnot even if it means that sometimes you steal that from the lower caste or if you just downright oppress them with what your ideas are. And that's how I feel about it. So let's just take this conversation as a starting point that you had with this friend. Um, what, was, what were the kinds of things that he or she mentioned that made you seem not black? Now we're talking about the meme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what were the things? I'm trying to understand the attributes or. Oh, I can answer the question because I because that's the question I asked when I said, yeah. oh, so what do you mean? I knew what you I knew what the, I knew what the person was going to say. Mm-hmm. Like people out there, forgive me because you know the things that people say about us, but I'm just going to repeat them for the sake of clarifying for Todd. Yeah. And number one, you speak so well. Mm-hmm. Number two, ooh, number two, you're so cultured. Mm-hmm. Number three, <laughs> number three, but you're well-traveled. Mm-hmm. Number four, you know how to present yourself. Mm-hmm. So these were, so <laughs> wow. this person has a perception of what it means to be Black in these ways of communicating and presenting and, and education and the, and the kinds of experiences that one has had, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, or engages in in their life, being cultured, educated, well-traveled and the mm-hmm. like. Um, so they have a certain, a certain- You know what, I even had a person, so just for people to know, I subscribe to the New Yorker, I love that magazine. And I had a person who was of a different race not not black be surprised that i was a subscriber to the new yorker because mm-hmm. i was because I, I was around a group of people we all know each other and I said you know i was reading in new york the new yorker the other day and this person whipped their head around they said the new yorker and i'm like oh here we go i said yes i have a subscription to the new yorker i love that magazine then i talked about whatever article i wanted to bring up in conversation but mm-hmm. yes that's the kind of things that happen no one would be surprised if you said oh yeah i'm a subscriber to the new yorker but mm-hmm. for me, being black, black people, that, that, that's a, and I'm answering your question because that's one of the things that black people don't do. I'm, although I'm sure the New Yorker has many people who are black or African-American 
who yeah. are subscribers, but that's not popularly known. That's not part of the meme. The yeah. meme is not that we're sitting around reading New Yorker considering important questions of the day. Yeah. That are outside our own racial identity. People know people know that we consider important questions of the day, but they only believe it vis-a-vis our racial identity. They don't feel, in my opinion, that we consider important questions of the day that are outside of that. What I would say about the New Yorker person, um, and I'm not taking a position either way, just so you know, is I'm always hesitant about jumping to conclusions about what someone's motivations are when they question something. So when they say the New Yorker, I don't know what the context was of this particular conversation. It could be, it could be because of your race. It could be because of the, re, you know, the region that you, maybe she doesn't know, or he doesn't know anyone who, who reads the New Yorker. Um, and I know you, I see you looking at me with skeptical eyes. I'm not saying Only that because it's a person that I had that. So the, of these people that I'm talking about, they weren't, I, t- I do accept your point. You, yeah. I'm not in another person's mind. I do accept your point. But the people I'm talking about are people at the times of these incidents that I had, no, we had known one another for years. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and again, I mean, again, I don't know the whole history of your personal relationship with these people. Um, and I trust you, obviously, in a relationship that you have to kind of know where someone's coming from. At the same time, we're all we've all been in relationships. Most most of the world out there has been in relationships. And and even in, with people who we know well, it's sometimes easy to to go to what's in someone's head based on what we've experienced as being in people's head. Right. I accept uh, and that. To, and to, so, uh, you know, with that particular example, I don't doubt that there are people who would question whether, you know, you reading, you know, question or have expectations, stereotypes defied by you reading something or engaging in some action based <laughs> on your race. I understand. I, I accept that that would happen. In that particular case, you know, again, I, I'm always hesitant to, to jump to conclusions about it. Now, all of that being said, here's one question that I think is important about your example of the first person right? This first person who you defy expectations, right? And in in this person's mind, that's, you know, who you are and how, you know, how you communicate, what you've experienced doesn't line up with their expectations. I guess the next question as it relates to our conversation in this clip around psychology of ownership and related, related things that you've said um, is, does that person have a problem with you defying expectations, right? Because there was part of your, part of you expressing this idea of psychology of ownership or whatever, you know, whatever might be the best terminology for what you're expressing is the idea of keeping people in their place, right? Keeping black people in their place in particular. And I don't, I don't disagree or object to the idea that there are people who feel that way. Um, that person who, for whom you defied expectations, right, for him or her to want to keep you in a place means she would have a problem with you defying those expectations, right? And and so maybe not necessarily. So remember the other part of what I said. Let me not wag my pen. That's insulting. Is that is that 
individual Blacks will do well, mm-hmm. but enough need to remain in the lower caste. So my answer, my, my retort to what you're saying is if enough of us, that's why things like the United Negro College Fund and stuff are so powerful. If enough of us start yeah. to quote unquote defy expectations, that's when it's a problem. It's like, hold up. They yeah. don't want to remain in their caste anymore. Yeah. They now all of a sudden want to I embody what we consider an ideal. And now that I have a problem with. Yeah. And I, I accept that. I accept that there are, again, I will accept that there are people for whom that's a problem. Let me, let me, let me express, I guess, where I was coming from with this particular individual. Um, I, I think that there is a plausible story where she or he is socialized into our country, into the media environment, into you know all the rest of our environment that gives us information about people, yeah? And that through that, she has constructed in her or his mind what a Black person is like. And she, they, I'm just going to say they, are responding to you in the way that they are, because it defies, you defy those expectations. I think it is plausible for that person simply to have had their, their expectations defied, but not to find it, that that defying of expectations and their reaction to it doesn't necessarily equate to them having a problem, even for many people to do that. It simply defied their expectations, right? And I don't, I don't necessarily see the two as, as equivalent, right? Um, there are expectations we have to fight all the time because it's just not what to what, it's not what we're used to seeing. I even expressed it to you uh, just to go back to a part of our conversation that I actually think uh, viewers won't have seen by at this point, but they will see in the future where I told you how impactful Black Panther was to me, right? And and how I didn't think it was going to be impactful for me. I I just thought it was a movie and I knew the background and I knew that it was, you know, that it had black heroes. And so I understood what I was getting into watching, right? What I, I, I knew what to expect, but I didn't realize how much I would notice how much showing black people as heroes was lacking previously until I saw it. It was jarring, not in a bad way, in a way that was like, this is different than what I've seen before. And that jarring of expectations because of what, you know, I, in that case, had seen through movies, throughout all the movies that I had seen over the course of my life, and and doesn't mean that I would be uncomfortable with Black people having lots of positions of power. It just means it's jarring because it's different, right? It's unexpected. And so I just don't know if it, I can I take that for the individ- I take that for the individual and of whom we're speaking and for you, yeah. but I don't accept that for the, the, for people, for white people who are in positions of influence and power in mm. this country. Because if, if, if the individual experience would aggregate to what you're talking about, then you would see a lot more acceptance of Black heroes. And when I mean acceptance, 
I mean, a lot more, not of the, not of the sort of the big people, the Martin Luther Kings or whatever, but a lot more of, of modern people becoming, sitting in, in, in places of influence and spheres of influence over large swaths of white populations, right? Mm -hmm. Elected leaders, maybe. You get some of that maybe with elected leaders. And that, that's why, I mean, I accept what you're saying for, an, for a particular individual, but I struggle to see where that individual experience has had enough of a critical mass in, mass in society to metastasize yeah. being like, oh, well, people don't have a problem with Blacks transcending or being a part or doing away with the whole caste system, just yeah. being excellent in general. I think en masse, they're, you know, those same people of which you, you like you said, I, you don't deny that they're out there. I think enough of them are out there to, to, to send a message. There is a problem with, um, and I often have a saying that I won't say on the show, but there is a problem uh, with having a, a black person who many black people who are in control over large parts of white lives. I'm saying all of that's related, or, or the genesis of it, if you will, is the fact that we were once property. And not only were we brought here to serve with respect to labor, but I'm also saying we were brought here to occupy a role. And that role is to be, a, to be I don't want to say permanent, but a, what feels like a perpetual, less than vis-a-vis -vis white people. Mm -hmm. Whether it's vis-a-vis -vis education, vis-a-vis -vis beauty, vis-a-vis -vis anything, it's like, you know, I kind of have a problem if a black person, not me, but I'm, it feels like an ethos. There is a bit of a problem if a black person outdoes a white person in this area, whether yeah. it's college admissions, whether it's winning a beauty contest, whether it's, you know, wealth, you know, what if, what if the world turned on its head and now black people occupied most of the wealth in this country? Yeah. That would upend a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. And the question is, so so there's a there's a there's a broad question here, which is, you see, in large part, not completely, but in large part, what you see is a perpetuation of a level of inequality. Um, when it comes to economics and power, and you want to know, and, and you are are you have a story you that you tell about how that how that could be possible right and that's important um, to distinct this is a narrative that has crafted based upon my observation of of life in the united states and my own lived experience yes yeah I, i'm not suggesting that this has no foundation in your experiences yeah uh, or if i did suggest that I, I i apologize for that that's not what i meant to get across um it's just that we're always all of us are you know trying to develop theories about why something is the way that it is when it matters and i guess where we differ now that i'm understanding what to you gives you proof or signals this kind of a a broad a broad existence of this psychology of own is I just think I, I think we could tell a 
a, a similar but different story that would just be slightly different or maybe very different. I don't know how different, but that just would be different to um, as to why inequalities still exist the way that they do. And over the course of our conversations, I think we have talked about various forms of prejudice and discrimination. And there are some that I think we are in a, a, agreement on being decently prevalent. And I think there's some that we disagree on in being prevalent. And what I noticed in thinking and reflecting on those is that the ones where I have hesitation, not about it not existing, but about it being prevalent, are the ones that are more proactively damaging, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. I've noticed so, that about you. Yeah. <laughs> so the ones that are about physical violence, for instance, I don't doubt that there are people who have a propensity to do that um, based on racial um, for racial reasons, based on racial mm -hmm. motivations, um, around ownership and kind of the, the taking of things from black people, or at least, I mean, there's two ways that you described it. One was the taking, right? So taking parts of one's culture. And one was the right to a space that might be competitive. So the example of college admissions, there's only a certain amount of spaces, Right. And so I have a right to that space because of my whiteness versus a person who's black. Right. Um, which you can see as a taking. But right. Until someone actually has that space, um, you're not taking anything. You're just vying for it. Right. Um, and so. Those are the things that. I don't doubt their existence, but I think we differ on their prevalence. Where I think we have agreement on, or a large agreement on, is the hesitation to give up advantage in one's life. Um, and, and I think importantly for the psychology of ownership, the inequality of supports that exist, right? And, and the reason I I bring up the supports is because you heard me in that clip talk a lot about confidence, right? And I, I don't think I was clear on why I was even focusing on this idea of confidence. I think early on in our conversation, we had agreement on the idea that we've inherited a set of conditions in this country whereby white people on average generally will have more access to information about supports, right? That support their thriving in life. And I don't know how one can look at the data and not see that as the case, right? Um, there's plenty of data out there on the environmental supports, on the economic resources, educational resources and the like that are disparate across racial communities. So, um, and my reason for focusing on, on confidence was I think those supports breed confidence, right? If you are supported in life, you are presumably going to grow up in a way that gives you greater confidence to go after the things that you desire in life, right? But dude, and dude, you're proving my premise. 
because yes, those supports give you confidence, but those supports are based on racial inequity. Right, so, and so this is the, maybe you think this is a distinction without a difference, but I actually think it's a distinction that matters. Um, and, and that's why I wanted to bring this up because I, I felt like maybe we're actually closer and maybe it's a, an issue of language, but I think there's still a difference between us. See, I, I don't think, let's take that, let's take a white individual who has, a, who has a, received greater supports, right? Than a counterpart who is black, right? I think I, and I can even speak from personal experience and I'll relate it to my personal experience in our conversation uh, in a moment, but I think that person can passively receive these supports, can out of those supports develop a sense of confidence and be benefited by a system that has within it a certain kind of white advantage. At the same time, still not think that that position in the admissions, right, in, in, in a college, that he or she deserves it more than that Black person because of race. I think they can have an approach to life that is the product of inequality, <laughs> but where they don't necessarily absorb a difference in the value of people based on color. They don't have to think, they don't, you know what, what's so, what's so beautiful about what you just said? They don't have to think that they have a greater, you know, right to it than a person of color, than a black person, because they already come from an environment that would support them to the extent that more than likely on average, they would, they would do better in the whole game than a, than a black person. So yeah. my point is when the institutions were put in place, whether white people wanted to accept their privilege or not, it's for the privilege to be there. Yeah. And so what I am so call great granddaddy white dude, because great granddaddy, great granddaddy white dude thought enough to say, you know what, I want my people to thrive. So whether no matter where on the spectrum they are on this you know, social justice, they still, even if they don't want, are still going to benefit. Yeah. OK, so and can... not only when they we have when they have white children, since most people do marry within their race um, or they're going to pass it on to their children. Yeah. And I, so I can accept that story a lot more than the story that someone who's white on average over a That's broad, cool. broad swath of people. I can provide whatever clarification <laughs> you need. That is cool. No, but, but I, I guess my question is, are we really on the same page on this or not? Because the way that you express it and maybe, maybe what I'm hearing and what you have in your mind is, is different. Okay. So I can, I can accept that as possibly being the case, but when you say that someone has a psychology of ownership, meaning that they have a right to black lives and what I'm saying both exist. You have the person who has the right, then you have the person who doesn't feel they have a right, but still who benefits. Okay. Because so, the institutions are in place for them to benefit. I'm saying I, both people exist. Okay, so both people exist, and there could even be overlap between the two. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just curious. I see the person who has passively benefited from what was inherited through generations, right? Um, and now, perhaps 
supports policies that maintain that benefit, right? That, that don't seek change in some way as being more prevalent than the person who really thinks that they have ownership over what black people um, produce or have um, because of the color of their skin. I just see that as being more prevalent and- But funny how the optics bear. Hmm. I mean, I guess, what what is your opinion on that? Like, do you, are you in the same camp that most of it is just a, a preservation of, of benefit or that it's an, a, a kind of more active belief that it should stay the same because whites deserve this, that they have an ownership to it. Thank you for watching this episode of Healing Race. To see the answer to the question you just heard, stay with us for a link to our next video. If you wanna see more Healing Race conversations, please subscribe to our channel, share this video with friends and family, and like and comment on the video below. To be a guest on one of our episodes and have an open, real, constructive conversation about race, email us at guests at healingratio.com. And if there are topics you think we should cover, we'd love to hear them. So email your ideas to topics at healingraceshow.com.